You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where each and every week we get the privilege of speaking into what's going on in the minds and the hearts and the lives and the families and the bedrooms of the SMR nation. It's like we're guests all over the world in people's houses. It's pretty cool. It is. And it also is kind of, it's interesting because of the confirmation that we can get from people when we're talking about some sort of subject that someone else has emailed in or called in about. And as we're unpacking it or going through our experience or whatever, we'll get some emails that'll come in that'll say, do you got cameras in my house? Do you have a camera in my brain? Because what you're describing is exactly my experience. If you only knew. <laughs> is that what you're doing all day long? I didn't realize that. Well, we need to talk off after this episode. Well, over, it just baby. says how similar we all really are. Totally. There's nothing new under the sun, right? We're, we're all in the battle together. There's consistency in yeah. the human experience. Right. As far as there's a lot of overlap mm-hmm. that if you've got an issue, so does someone else. Yeah. And so what we want to know is what's going on that we can help and where we can go. What kind of questions can we ask you answer for you? And so... 214-702-9565 is our voicemail line. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com is our email inbox. Mm-hmm. Hit us up. Let us know. Ask away. If you don't know where to ask the question, we'll answer it. And if I don't know it, Pam does. Of course I do. So we're ready to go. All right. So I came across this the other day, Pam, that I, um, that one of your favorite actors has a new book that just came out in October, this past October. Yes. Matthew McConaughey. No, 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 no. You're pronouncing it wrong. I can't say it the way you say it. I it's have to go with Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey, hey. Yeah, see, if I say that, that just gets weird. <laughs> um, so he has a new book out, and, and it's he's actually kind of detailing a lot of his life and is sharing a lot of what's going on yeah. and has gone on in his life. And uh, there's a great, just some data he just released about how his father died, which was years ago. Okay, interesting. Right? So his father, James Donald McConaughey, died exactly how he knew he would. Okay. So here's, this is what, this is what Matthew's saying. is I got a call from my mom. Your dad died. His knees buckled. I couldn't believe it. He was my dad. Nobody or nothing could kill him except for mom. Because he'd always told me and my brothers, boys, when I go, I'm going to be making love to your mother. And that's exactly what happened. No way. He had a heart attack right after Climax. Wow. So, what a there story. you go. <laughs> what a story. If only we could all predict it that way, you know, and go that way. Absolutely. It's traumatic for the one that didn't go. Totally traumatic. You fork for the one that did. So that's... Wow, that's interesting. Funny that he would share that with his kids, right? To say, yeah. here's how I'm going out. You know how I'm going to go, boys. There's some there's some spice in that household. <laughs> and I would want to grow up in a household like that. How fun is that? Yep. Well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is a conversation that uh, I had with Dr. Lori Mintz. Again, that she's joining us back on the air. Uh, she is the author of Becoming yeah. Cliterate and yeah. The Tired Woman's Guide to Sex. 
and desire. Love having her on the show. She is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in in fact, it's such a fantastic conversation that we're just making both the regular and the extended content good for everybody today. Oh, look at that. Because it's the, the information in it is so important and valuable because where we go today is somewhat a continuation of the Becoming Cliterate mm-hmm. uh, discussion, and I'm landing with the title of Cliteracy, okay. or No One Needs to Be Ill-Cliterate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We can have a lot of fun with this, yeah. but um, she it's really kind of trying to drill into what is the woman's experience when it comes to pleasure and okay. Getting reaching orgasm mm-hmm. and just discovering and trying to go against some of the societal norms and cultural taboos mm-hmm. and and you know you and I grew up in a in a world of the Christian fundamental mm-hmm. arena where largely it was unspoken, which that brings a whole lot of shame and weight mm-hmm. to it that makes it seem like it's bad. Well, and just some ignorance when that too when getting into it, right? And so what we try to what we're trying to do with our conversation today is just get into. What are some of the main avenues that are the best? What are some of the main things that she's seeing that are continually causing problems? Mm -hmm. Because she's been working with this specific uh, target in mind for years and years and years. And so it's great to have her voice back on board again. That's great. Just to help lead the charge because um, as some of the men and members, both sides, but Mm -hmm. there's one in particular in the academy that speaks up and says, you know, if both parties get a lot out of the sex, they're going to probably want to go back to it. Right. <laughs> They'll probably want to have a little bit more of it. Yeah. So sometimes it's just figuring out what am I doing? Yeah. And what are the best ways and what's getting in the way? And so that's where we're going in the regular and the extended. Wonderful. So in the future, if you want to be a part of the extended content all the time, you'd go to smrnation.com forward slash smr academy. And that's where you can get the extended content and mm-hmm. no ads. But today you get it all. Wonderful. All that's coming up on today's show. Well, it is an honor to welcome back a colleague, a, a guest that's been on before, Dr. Lori Mintz, uh, is joining me again uh, here on the airs with Sexy Marriage Radio. And Lori, it's so good to see you again. Thanks for coming back. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me back. And for those of you in the SMR Nation that aren't familiar, Dr. Lori Mintz has, uh, I came across your work uh, via the book, that the most recent book you had of Becoming Cliterate, because that is such a absolutely fantastic title um <laughs> thank you i think it's i think every single adult walking the face of the earth needs to be cliterate um <laughs> it's just it's just important if you're going to be a sexual being so um i wanted to kind of bring you back though to talk about you know 2020 is a weird uh roller coaster it's probably the easiest way to describe it. Um, Absolutely. And I've even heard it said among some of my family members on just the amount of hurricanes that are coming through. It's almost like the hurricanes are trying to blow 2020 out of here too, <laughs> just to speed it along, right? So even the weather wants to move on. <laughs> and, yes. But, but there's a definite impact to couples from this. And I'm curious, just because of the work that you do, the people that you see, what are you seeing uh, that is maybe the most important thing that we as married people need to remember and and address when it comes to just uncertainty of time right now? Yeah, such a good question. And I'm very curious what you've been seeing as well. Um, I can tell you that what I've been seeing among my clients 
is a little different than what I've been reading about in the literature. Okay. Um, and what I've been reading about in the literature is like a lot of couples falling apart because of all this togetherness and, you know, the anxiety and the stress. Um, and I can talk about the sex in a minute too, but what I've seen among my couples, but it could be because they're already in therapy, right? Right. Um, and working on things and were before this hit that several of my couples have used it as a real opportunity right. to get closer, right? to kind of weather the storm in their little bubble, metaphorical and physical, yep. together. Yep. And, you know, to really realize, like, this is it. We've got each other, and let's make this work. So I've actually seen some of my couple's marriages improve. Now, I have to say the stress has been higher, and some of the session frequency has improved, but, you know, I'm seeing some positives. Um, in terms of sex, what I've read about, and there was a great study by Justin Garcia from Kinsey Institute and Justin Lee Miller that showed that people are having less sex, but mm -hmm. the sex they're having is more experimental. Okay. Um, which goes along with the finding. I'm also a consultant for a vibrator company and their sales are out the roof, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, there's not many other things we can go do, so you might as well do at home a little more, right? <laughs> right. So I'm seeing, um, you know, people are stressed. People are worried. There's so much going on, but I'm also seeing that some people are learning some lessons from this that, about their marriage, about their sexuality, that they're going to carry forward in a yeah. positive way. Yeah. I'd, and I think I would concur with a lot of what I'm seeing since you kind of asked on here's, it's going to be the same because it's a great caveat you're adding that um, the people that were already working and, and heading towards, you know what, this is an issue we got to deal with. They are having uh, a more stability or an uptick in improvement. Uh, mm -hmm. Just because they already kind of started that process, but I have also seen some some new couples that have been coming in. Some individuals has been more who I've been having come to me, which is a lot of husbands have been have been finding me via either a group that I do or just individual because they finally are like, you know what, it this is make or break. I got to start facing this now, and it's not just marital. Some of it's just life stuff too, right? And it's like right. when you get away. When we clear away all the distractions that we so easily had in our consumeristic go, go, go society, and you're faced with just yourself, I think we all have to answer that question of how comfortable am I with my own company? And I think there's aspects of us that I'm not real good in some areas of my own company that I don't yeah. like me. And so it's a question of do I want to hunker down and, and address this or do I want to just keep kicking it down the road till inevitably I can't kick it any further. Yeah. I've had that same experience too. I've picked up several new clients, individuals, um, and one couple who, you know, I think it's kind of like the quarantine and the stress has shown a flashlight yeah. on some issues yeah. that were, well, I don't really want to look at that. And like, yep. oh boy, I think I better look at yeah. that. I yeah. I totally get it. So, so that steers me towards kind of what you've been known for, uh, it seems like in the, in the last several years with the work that you're doing, the research that you're a part of, and then just the talks and the different things that you produce and create. 
um, really do focus on this idea of the orgasm gap, specifically as it's tied to the female side of that equation, right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. um, I'm curious, what is it as far as what you're seeing, if there's any changes, because we had you on before, but what is it that um, you come across that makes the orgasm gap actually what it is? I mean, why is there still a gap? Yeah. Well, so, you know, for your listeners who didn't hear about the orgasm gap before, it's, you know, just to be real clear, it's the fact that when cisgender women and men get it on, the men are having way more orgasms than the women are. And, you know, there's so many reasons for it. It's in my estimation, it's all cultural, okay. not biological. Okay. Women's orgasms are not difficult or elusive. Um it's biological, it's, it's sorry, biological, it's cultural right. around how we define sex, um, how we, fo what we focus on during sex, whose pleasure is most important during sex. And, you know, that hasn't changed. Um, I, you know, I just, before we were talking, was listening to a, um, reading a study that said women who define sex brought more broadly than penis and vagina intercourse have more orgasms. Well, that makes sense, right? Because yeah. they're they're valuing the things that bring them orgasm. I do think COVID might, I don't have any data on this, but I feel like it might be helping to close the orgasm gap because what I have seen is that the idea of masturbation has become more mainstream. Okay. In fact, the New York City Department of Health initially, I don't know if you saw this I did. story. But I know yeah. where you're going with it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they put out a statement that said the safest sex is with yourself. So we've got like this major health department saying, please masturbate right. rather than have sex with a partner. So it normalized it. And then these, you know, people are like online buying sex toys. And we know that women who use vibrators have easier and more frequent orgasms. And we know that a male's endorsement and acceptance of his partner's vibrator use is related to her satisfaction. Right. So I am seeing some little hopeful glimmers that that might be one of the positives of this. Uh, absolutely. And I love the fact that because when we're talking about this whole thing, I mean, what you're referring to also just to bring anybody else in the SMR nation that did not catch uh, the prior episodes I've had with you is for a majority of women, the most reliable route to achieving orgasm is the clitoris has to be involved, which if you think of just normal penal vaginal intercourse, the clitoris is barely, if at all, involved in that, depending on position and if anything else is included, right? But if it's just standard missionary position without him angling his body even just slightly, it, 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 there's nothing. For, that's why most women can say, it's kind of good for him, but it's not much for me, right? Right. Or they say, what's wrong with me? I'm broken. Okay. Because I should be getting I, as I, much joy out of this as he does, even though it's not. Or, yeah, or more like when I see women in the movies do this, they have more fun. This doesn't like get me there. What's wrong with me? Okay. So then we start getting into the deeper questions of, what is it? Because you, you alluded to earlier that um, a woman's orgasm, biologically speaking, is not any more elusive than what culture would sometimes tend to make it seem like. It's that magical, 
I hope it's the unicorn will show up tonight kind of mentality (laughs) rather than, no, it's really not that elusive. So what is it that makes that gap from just a normal everyday wife or woman to where she actually starts to believe, you know what, this is actually not as big of a mystery as maybe I was led to believe. Lo and behold, there's actually myths surrounding my own sex and sexuality. Say it isn't so. I mean, come on. <laughs> we're, we're not raised around myths at all, right? Oh. But, but what is it that makes that such a big gap as well? Yeah, I think I think you're getting at a really important point. I think there's like, first of all, we have terrible sex education in our country. So, I mean, terrible, Mm -hmm. like it's not science-based, it's not accurate, it's all about the dangers, the clitoris is never mentioned, the fact that pleasure is, sex is pleasurable is never mentioned, it's all about, these are these dangerous things. Mm -hmm. And then people can't just shed that, like flip a switch, you know, when they get married and start engaging in sex and, or whenever they engage in sex. And so there's a lot of shame around it. And shame is like, you can't be orgasmic and feeling shamed of sex. Right. And also the movies. I mean, you know, there's, you look at the movies and there's little foreplay, little kissing, and then they take their clothes off. He puts his penis in her vagina and she has this wild and instant orgasm. And you know, when you that you think that's what I'm supposed to do and your body doesn't do it, you think, what's wrong with me? Right. And then I think something we know in the literature called cognitive dissonance, I think, sets in, which cognitive dissonance is how I explain the whole, if it's good for him, it's good for me thing. Okay. So cognitive dissonance is if you can't have something, you start you play a little unconscious mind game and say, it's not important to me to have that thing. Okay. And I think for a lot of women, they have been, they just think this isn't happening for me. And then they take the leap to, it's not important to me. And my thinking is, you know, no, every encounter does not have to lead to orgasm. And that kind of pressure is even worse for right. the first sex. But I think once women start experiencing orgasm in partner sex, they're a lot less likely to say it's not important. <laughs> well, if, if that's completely fair and accurate. But what is it that we how, how do you get a message across, I guess, to the woman that has bought into that? Well, it's just not that important. It's it's okay. it's really not aimed at me because I know. I mean, I've been married to my wife, Pam, for 27 years now is the time we're recording this. And I know she is in some, in a lot of areas of her life. She's a to-do list woman. And she's had decades of her life where that's just not on the to-do list. Right? Gotcha. And so there's been elements and largely, I think, from just being in the chair with me doing the show regularly has really kind of helped us do the mental stretching of okay, how am I looking at these things? Because I think that's huge. But not everybody gets the benefit of sitting down with you and having you kind of explain some stuff, Lori, or listening to stuff that enlightens things all the time. But what is it that helps somebody start to recognize to the, the, what's the message to the wife who thinks, I I really don't need to discover my own orgasm or my own pleasure because it's really not for me. How do we we break that? So I would say, you know, you absolutely, if a woman was sitting with me, I would 
have to have a long conversation like have you know and and first i would empower her it's your sex life if you choose that that's what you want all good you know it's all it's what it's what works for you but then i'd ask questions like have you ever had an orgasm during partner sex okay and if the answer is no i might say how how might you know how important it is? How can you evaluate how important it is if you've never experienced? If you've it. never experienced it, fair question. You know, and of course, it's like a circular thing. Why well, it's not that important for me to experience it? Right. That's where you land. That's where you land. But I would say, look, like let's let's have you experience this. And then let's see if you change your mind about whether you like it or not. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like raising my kids. They don't, they said they don't like broccoli before they even <laughs> tried it, you know? Yep. So let, let's have a piece of broccoli, you know, maybe, you know, dip maybe it in lo- some Maybe lo and behold, and yep. Yeah. I'd actually like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And cause that's, I, I love where you're going with this. Cause I would do, I would add a little bit of a caveat to it too, for her of, if you're going to, if you want to land there, I, I, you know, I'm not an, I am not of the belief, especially being a male working with couples in their sex life. I never want to have a wife feel like it's two against one. It's two men trying to convince a woman to have more sex or to care about oh, her. Absolutely. Like, that, yeah. that, that does not go well not anytime. <laughs> so, but I do want to at least try to frame the conversation in that idea of, you know what, if you want to, ma'am, if you want to land there, Absolutely your choice. I don't think anybody should have to talk you into it, but you also need to be honest with your spouse about this is where I want to be because that may not be what he's interested in, or he might be okay with absolutely. This is just about me. I'm fine with that. And then at least it's out in the open rather than that undercurrent of one of you is really kind of holding the other responsible for my demise and frustration and you know and it just seems that's where we get off the rails rather than be honest about it if you if you're like you know what honey if you want to look your husband square in the eye and say i never want to have orgasm in my entire life and i hope that that's not important to you then perfect that's the same kind of thing of being able to say i don't ever want to eat broccoli again and you can eat it on your own you know (laughs) if you like it right yeah And I think where you're going is really important, too, is that for most men, and again, you know, it's the woman saying I don't want it in this scenario, but for most men that I talk to anyway, sex is way more enjoyable when they have given their partner pleasure, when it's not one-sided. And, you know, a lot of people blame men for the orgasm gap. I don't. I blame culture. Um, but okay. the problem is that I think many men want their partners to orgasm, but they're so misguided by cultural images that they don't then open themselves up to the truth of how she needs to orgasm. Right. So, I mean, I've talked to many guys who are like, oh, no, I'd never bring a vibrator in the bedroom. That's like a substitute for me. And it's you know, no, it's actually clitorises respond really, really well to vibration. Most women use them orgasm. So, and it takes the pressure off of your penis to, you know, perform the impossible. I I tell, I tell husbands that all the time of no penis is going to vibrate 
or shake or twist or pulsate, you know, that that's okay, <laughs> but they also can't hug a vibrator and and cuddle with the vibrator afterwards. And it there's it's all really more important of who is that penis attached to? Cuz exactly. that's who they're in a relationship with. That's right. what matters. Penises can't vibrate and men and vibrators can't say I love you. So <laughs> Why not include both? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So if if you are talking about just we're trying to bridge this gap and we're trying to help people understand that that one of the ways is is just kind of owning it myself of look, this matters to me. This is something I want to be more curious about or I want to ask the questions about or I want to seek some good resources out there. Because there are there are a lot of really good ones. I mean, we've done several shows over the years of, of Sexy Mirrors Radio. You have all kinds of work aimed at this. Um, are there other things that help a wife kind of get over that cultural, eh, I don't know how I feel about it. Because a lot of the audience in Sexy Mirrors Radio, you know, you talk about our country and in, in, in the Western society has done a horrible job of sex education. Well, maybe even worse job at sex education is the church where it's not talked about. And anytime we don't hear information, it usually goes straight negative on the way we Absolutely. label something. So how do we get over the idea of the guilt and shame surrounding something that is beautiful and powerful and life giving even? Yeah. You know, um, I think having these kind of conversations and I think having, you know, having sex positive religious leaders, you know, who and I sometimes send my clients to I mean, I can be sex positive, but they, you know, I'm not a religious leader. So I have several sex positive religious leaders who can say, you know, this is important. This is beautiful. And in fact, some people consider orgasms a spiritual experience, Sure, you know? Um, so I think just really also, I don't know what your, how your audience, how does your audience feel about masturbation generally? Uh, it's going to be across the board. Um, we've taken the stance of if this is something that's uh, exploratory and, you know, it's, it's taking matters into my own, own hands, pun intended, uh, it's out in the open, pun intended, <laughs> right? That that it's not a secretive, I'm depriving my spouse, but it's actually something that's for my own growth and it helps bridge a higher desire, lower desire gap. I mean, it's just one of those, I think as a marriage unfolds, if you don't understand your body, you're missing out on a lot of things. And so one of the best ways to do it is through the self-pleasure route. Right. Okay. So that's, you know, I'm so glad to hear that. And because that's the other thing I would say to this woman, you know, I would like you to have an orgasm by yourself first. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you like it, you know what it feels like, you know, what, um, what it takes, because the most essential step to having an orgasm with a partner is getting the same type of stimulation you get by yourself. And that's why, you know, telling someone to masturbate is, you know, a scientifically supported technique of teaching someone to orgasm. Now, some people say, I won't do that. I object. But if they won't object, I say, like, 
go figure it out on your own. And, you know, that's the first step. And then you can choose to bring that into your relationship. But so many times or women who are already pleasuring themselves, this is mind blowing to me, is they touch themselves one way when alone, they're reliably orgasmic. Mm -hmm. And then they have a sexual encounter with their husband, and they don't get any of that type of stimulation. And they expect themselves to orgasm a totally right different way. And it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> no, I can understand that, that it would be like, hold on a sec. Cause that's also the, the thing that's so interesting is um, you think of, you can figure out a way to reliably find that by yourself. And then there's also the importance of realizing if I have a path like this, in, incorporating another person in that can be distracting. That's another element of having to kind of grow in the relaxation aspect of it, the confidence of it. You talk a lot about the communication aspect of it that, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I think it's very important that a wife teach a husband what works for her. hundred percent. Right. That it's, it's not just, okay, figure it out, baby. You know, <laughs> no, communication is key, Yeah, but you can't communicate something you don't know yourself. Right. Yeah. Cause otherwise it's you, just kind of hoping and, praying. Yeah. And let's see yeah. if it happens. Exactly. You know, the thing you, I, this is a little um, side note, but the other thing I would say to that woman, especially if she was part of sexy marriage nation or religious, I, it brings me back to a dear, dear client I worked with who was extremely religious, had never had an orgasm, um, did not know about her clitoris. So I taught her all about that. And, and, she, she said to me, oh my, I think God gave me this as a gift. This is God's gift to me. And what a shame it would be for me to waste this. Uh -huh. It's the only organ in the human body designed just for pleasure. Yep. Um, it is a gift. Yep. It is a special, special gift. Um, and she went home and she told her husband all about it and Things got much better, I will say. <laughs> I, I, I can understand why, because you alluded to this earlier. And I think one of the things that's so important for couples to recognize, and especially for women to recognize, is that if you're in the mode of sex is really culturally based in time, meaning it's just for my husband, most every man, I'm doing a quick Rolodex in my head, I, I don't think there's an exception to this. Has, has had as an important part of his sexual appetite and his sexual nature the puts the pressure or the importance of his wife's pleasure is on that spectrum too, right? That there's that element of, I want to provide pleasure and have my wife really be turned on by this too. It's not just for me because I don't think, I mean, Nothing turns on a man more than a really turned on woman. Bingo. And and I think that that's such an important thing to know that couples can experience and unlock this power, if you will, or this energy, if you will, when both parties recognize this is a dynamic at play. It's not just one-sided. This is a dynamic on both sides that's going on. Right, right. And how beautiful it is to give your partner pleasure to see them experience pleasure 
I mean, not, and I don't mean at the same exact moment. That right. is, that's a big myth too, right? Um, right. The simultaneous thing. Um, but yeah, it's like talking to this person about like, well, you like giving him pleasure. Well, I'm guessing he likes giving you pleasure too. Could you embrace that? Could you open yourself to right. letting him have that same joy of giving pleasure? Right. Right. Cause that's the whole, whenever you, whenever a couple, any member of the couple denies the receiving aspect of it, they're basically taking away and denying the power, the giver experience. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's an so important you, framework. Yeah, I do too. So it'd be a long conversation. <laughs> and at the end, I would honestly, like we therapists are supposed to like be value free, but that's not accurate always. Nope. Like in my values, I would be hope, hope, hoping that she would experiment. She would say, I'll check this out. I'll see if I like it. I'll see if it makes things better mm -hmm. when I give her the accurate information and knowledge and tools. And, but it, like I said, in the end, it is, it's all about your own bodily autonomy. Mm -hmm. And if she, you know, if that's where she lands, that's where she lands, but let's make it an educated landing. Correct. In a science-based landing and a relationally-based landing, not one based on myths and misunderstandings and silence right. and shame. No, I, I agreed. And I think it's also something that's important to, you know, I mean, I, I guess for, for any wife out there listening to our conversation, Lori, I would, I would almost frame it this way. If you are the one that's listening to this and you're thinking, you know what, I think they're talking directly to me. You know, I think, I think Dr. Mintz is, I'm sitting in the chair across from her. <laughs> um, even the courage to bring it up and, and think through what if, or go even further to say, you know what, honey, when you get home and with your husband and you're talking saying, I think I've been missing out on an incredible power source and I want to go on an adventure to see if I can find it. Yeah. Tell me what happens and how quickly he can pick his jaw up off the floor. Right. <laughs> On, because right. I think most men, I'll speak for most men, I think that I'm on board with that of absolutely go, let, let, because that's something that's almost this whole, the other side of this equation as we're talking, as being the male in this conversation between us, it's been culturally in my favor. Right. For sure. And, and so yeah. I've had, a lot more experience of tasting the power and the joy and the anxiety release and the relaxation and the connection that comes in the afterglow that why would I not want that for the other side of the equation that I right. absolutely do because we've, we've experienced it so much. I want it for them. That's beautiful. And if, if the husband could say that, and it's about educating him, too, that you want her to have it. So really listen to what she says. Right. Will bring her that rather than the myths, lies, misunderstanding, false images. And sex can be better for the men, too, because it, it's more mutual. It takes the pressure off. Right. Um, yeah, it, 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 clitoracy helps everybody, <laughs> as you said in the beginning. Absolutely, it does. Everybody needs to be that way, to just, to just recognize the power that's at our hands. I mean, we got all kinds of puns going on in this, <laughs> in this kind of conversation. But so I, I want to kind of end our conversation, and we're going to go a little long with this, just because okay. I, think it's, I think it's important. Um, 
because if we're talking, we, we've kind of danced around this, that when you're talking about what are the top tips for a woman to achieve orgasm, that because that's obviously understanding yourself, understanding, you know, the way things are, are wired in work and location. I mean, because even the clitoris itself is hidden. I mean, the way your client referred to it is what a beautiful present. It's like, well, yeah, it's got to be unwrapped. You know, it's got to be <laughs> coaxed out of its hiding for most women. Yes. Right. And so there's some there's some power in just understanding all of that. But once you can even understand the biology and the anatomy how, what do you do with that? Because there still needs to be a little bit of a roadmap for people. Yes, yes. Oh, such a good question. So so you're saying somebody's like, okay, I'm on board and I now know I have a clitoris, and but what do I do with it? Right. How do I get the stimulation that I need right. during partner sex? Right. How do, I, how do I start testing the waters to see what feels like what and what will, what will get me to where and then what will finally right. achieve the goal? And are you talking alone or with partner or both? Yes. Anything. All of the above. Okay. <laughs> I, think, I think all of them fit because if you are still talking about one of the frameworks that we're discussing in this lawyer, I think I can speak for you because of what I know of you well enough, that um, a, 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 an orgasm is the person's responsibility. It's not 100%. their partner's responsibility to bring that to them. They can be— Nobody gives you one. Right. They, they can be an ally and an assistant and a servant and a help— but it's it's something you have to claim that power to go for. Hundred okay. percent. So, you read an article I wrote, and I should have included a fourth. That's a good little rhyme. I think the top keys are um, masturbate, okay, communicate, vibrate, and lubricate. Okay. I, okay. So let me break it down. Let's go. Okay. So we already talked about masturbation. It is very essential often for someone to figure out what they want on their own. Right. Um, vibrators. Usually often a woman does not have her first orgasm until she tries one, although she can work with her hands mm -hmm. too. Um, there's, they're, they're not some weird fake thing. We know clitorises respond really well to vibration. And then you figure out what you, and lubricate, not, it's a myth that if you're excited, you'll be wet. Right. Um, you know, buy some good quality lube and use it and take your time, lay down, enjoy your time, figure out what you want, and then communicate that to your partner and, and breaking that down even further. I really try, like there's, there's since 90, well, 85 to 96% of women cannot orgasm from just penetration and need clitoral stimulation. Some like it alone. Some like it coupled with penetration. So, you know, change mm -hmm. the sexual script, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We've got this current script for play just to get her ready. Right. Intercourse, game over. Right. Instead, take turns. She comes first. Oral sex, manual stimulation, vibrator. Then he his turn, stimulate him, have intercourse, whatever. Mm -hmm. Or she comes second. Or if you want to try to come together during the same act, use an intercourse position where you can get your clitoris stimulated like you were talking about against your partner's body part. Or use a vibrator during intercourse. Yep. Touch yourself during intercourse. Yep. So those those are the kind of nitty gritty how tos. It. And and I would add the caveat you alluded to this, but I want to kind of make it important to to see that if if you're trying to really 
move into this aspect of our life for the first time. And there's, there's anxiety, there's uncertainty, there's maybe even a little guilt I'm having to confront based on scripts and myths that I've been taught or just bought for whatever reason. How do I, how do I enter into that? It, to me, what matters is I, I pamper myself. I, 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 a nice bath, a, a nice evening, a, you know, where it's kind of more of a relaxed, it's not a hurried thing. Right, mm-hmm. because if you you are talking about almost an exploration, absolutely into into this arena, and so how do you almost like treat it like a date? Right, you just just date yourself that evening. Make the make the environment inviting and comfortable, and erotic or alluring feeling. You know, calm, comfortable. You know, I think that all of that kind of stuff helps just get away from the distractions that can creep in. So that you actually are learning and exploring and figuring things out for your own benefit and your own pleasure. Yes. The other thing that you reminded me that I, and I love what you said, Corey. And the other thing I would add is mindfulness. Yes. Like present moment. So many times, you know, we were talking about this before we started chatting. There's so much anxiety right now. I can get into that, you know, Yep. my mind goes (laughs) down the road crazy. Doesn't matter if I'm, what I'm doing, but it can do that even during sex. And the antidote to that is being in your body, being in the present moment, the here and now, and to practice that in your daily life, to practice that when you pleasure yourself, and then to practice that when you're with your partner. And it doesn't mean your mind won't ever wander. Absolutely. We're anxious beings, but we need to learn to go, oh, there goes my mind again, yep. walking away, bring it back, bring yep. it back to the body. And the first way to do that is just acknowledge it just left. <laughs> exactly. Notice <laughs> just, it. Just to say, whoa, hold on, wait, 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 it left. <laughs> Give me a moment. I'm back. Okay. And then you can just reconnect. Well, exactly. And that's something you can communicate about to your partner. You can say, I'm having trouble focusing. My mind is going crazy and hopefully a loving partner will say, what can I do to bring you back? Well, I can guarantee you that's already happening in most every couple's encounter anyway, because we all disconnect at some point. We just hope our partner's blind in that moment. Right. Isn't it better (laughs) to just be open about it? That's how you actually create that, that deeper, what we all are really longing for, I think. I do too. Perfect. Real intimacy. Real intimacy. Well, Lori, um, for anybody that's in the SMR Nation that wants to hear more from you, how do they find you? What's what's the best way to learn more and read more of your work? Well, thanks for asking. So the best way to find me is on my website, which is www.drlauriemintz.com. And on there, there's links to all my social media, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and also links to buy my two books, both A Tired Woman's Guide to Passionate Sex and Becoming Cliterate, Why Orgasm Equality Matters, and How to Get It. And I can't recommend both of your books enough because they are all well done and worth every word that's read in there. So, Oh, thank you. That means a lot to me, Corey. Well, thank Lori, you. Thank you so much for the work and for the time today. Thanks for having me on. I hope that someone out there benefits from this. So I do too. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks. So Lori knows her stuff. Yes, she does. <laughs> yes, she does. And thankful for people that do know their stuff. Yes, absolutely. And the people that are willing to lead the charge 
in that arena, you know, mm-hmm. to just like, right. you know what, uh, this might be swimming against the stream. I mean, obviously society has shifted and it's a lot more open and inviting. And there's an element of, yes, this is, this is received differently and better than it was a, a, a decade ago, right? two decades ago. Right. But it's still, you know, you and I still come across this. Of, mm-hmm. We'll talk about something and you could see kind of people start to tense up and, oh, we can't. We All can't, the time. We can't bring that subject up. Yes, we can. Yeah. Because <laughs> we even had a comment when you and I were walking one day about, I think what we need to do is have a little bit of a target line within our shows at times of what we really want to do is try to set Christians free sexually. Right. Right? Because there's so much we can have that's weighing us down. Right. And sometimes it's just this willingness to start to ask the questions of, wait, is what I'm doing really wrong? Should I feel that guilty about it? Right. Is there really shame because that's the way the body works? And so I love when Lori comes on board and we get a chance to just unpack some things and talk explicitly about some things. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Let us know what you think, mm-hmm. where we where you want us to go. We'd happily help help go there too. So wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. See you next time. <laughs>